This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome. Good show today, Uh, Adam Newman. He has some good stories, some crazy shit has happened to him while doing comedy. Talk to him about that and moving to L.A. from New York, stuff like that. I have some upcoming tour dates. Uh, June 18th, Honolulu. June 20th, Paya. Both of those are in Hawaii. June 25th, Los Angeles at the Lyric Theater. It's going to be just me at the Lyric Theater. I don't think I'm going to have an opener. Then the 17th of July, we have Asbury Park. July 19th, New Brunswick. 23rd, Iowa City. Dates in Milwaukee, Madison, Phoenix, Missoula, Ogden, Spokane, Seattle, Bellingham, and I'm going to be adding some other shows soon. I think I'm going to be adding Toronto, and I think I'm going to be adding uh, Tucson and, and a bunch of others. So check me out if you can. Uh, I have a video out if you can find it on my uh, on my uh, Twitter page. If you go to the tweet that I anchored on top of my page. I think it's called anchoring or pinned. It's me on David Letterman show when I was 18 years old. It's a long time ago. It's worth a look. It's worth a look. And my Twitter is at Todd Barry. My website is toddberry.com. And Feral Audio brings you this podcast. So you should support them. You can listen to and donate to their podcast if you like. And uh, check them out. And here, here's Adam Newman. Hello? Adam, what's going on? What's up, Todd? How's it going? All right, what are you doing? Right, this very second. Yeah, uh, I'm lounging on the couch. I just ate uh, a hard-boiled egg. Ah, you know, I've never had one in my entire life. You've never had a hard-boiled egg in your entire life. I never have. Oh my! Even like on a salad, all chopped up, or like a Cobb salad, you've never had. You seem like a Cobb salad guy. <laughs> you think if I've you think I've had a Cobb salad, but never have tried an egg. Well, I mean, a hard-boiled egg comes on the Cobb salad. Yeah, you would no, have to no. specifically ask no, I, to be like a, a Cobb salad, but no egg. You'd have to ask for that. Probably, yeah, I, I would have remembered. I think if I went through something, that sounds terrible. So, what? I don't even know because they they kind of repulse me. I'm sure I've had like scrambled eggs. I know I have, but the hard-boiled oh, egg. So you, you like don't even. You're not like an egg guy in general. No, I'm not. Like eggs for breakfast? No, I don't even. Oh man, I, I don't even understand the whole egg. Maybe I feel like it might be a thing where, like, oh, maybe eggs are great, and I've just been uh, 
They're so great. Are they? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be the. Obviously, I'm not the first person to talk about the great all the things you can do with an egg. I saw you eating. I saw you eating chicken like two days ago, so I know the animal yeah, is not I, yeah, the thing that repulses you. <laughs> I don't completely boycott any chicken-related things. Sure. I mean, I understand that. I do understand eating meat and then thinking like an an unborn baby version of the animal is no, gross. That's... I understand that eggs is kind of a gross concept. But they but... smell bad. Sure. Yeah. Oh, no. Hard-boiled eggs are the If someone starts eating a... Uh, an egg salad sandwich in yeah. a in an office break room or something. That's like the grossest thing ever. Yeah, I have, a, I have a whole great routine about sandwich. egg salad. Do you know how to do? Yeah. Uh, it's crazy you have a whole routine about it without having the experience of eating it yourself. So. <laughs> That's what makes the best comedy is talking about things you haven't experienced but still criticizing yeah. them. Yeah, I like that. I like a whole idea, a whole a whole body of work based around things you haven't experienced. Like very strong opinions uh, on things that you refuse to try yourself. That's what we get paid for. Sure. What? So you're moving to L.A., huh? Yeah, I'm moving, I'm moving uh, yeah, in about a week, uh, just driving. I'm excited about driving. How long are you going to drive it at a clip? I think I'm going to aim for about eight-hour days. That's and reasonable. Then, yeah, eight-hour days with, you know, take a couple breaks, stop and maybe get lunch with some friends in a few cities. And then uh, my brother lives in Denver, so I figured I would take a extended break in Denver and booked a bunch of shows to I, make some gas money and stuff and then, uh, and then finish it off in a couple of days. Yeah, I saw your uh, tour dates, and you had like seven different venues just in Denver. Yeah, well, Denver... Let's see, I did. I went to Denver maybe in October just to do a weekend at Comedy Works, which is the first time I ever went to go. Just you know, a good club, which I had never really done comedy in Denver before. And the way Comedy Works, you you've worked Comedy Works, yeah, haven't you? Yeah. You, you, like the way they do it in Denver, that's different than a lot of other cities. Is instead of having the same host and opener for the whole weekend, they have like a rotating schedule. So you have a different host and opener every show, or at least every night. And so I met all these local comedians who are all very nice, and they're all like, if you ever come back to Denver, I run a show. And there's like six of them that all told me they run shows. And uh, I, I got a, I got in touch with a couple of the local Denver guys. And, um, you know, some of them have just little indie bar shows that will be fun. And then some other ones will set up a little... Uh, a little headlining show for a, a comedian who has some credits who comes from out of town and, and they'll make you a little bit of a, you know, it's not worth flying out there to do a, a big show, but as far as if you're just driving through, it'll, it'll uh, pay some gas money and stuff. And um, yeah, yeah, they have a, they have a nice local Denver comedy scene out there. Yeah. It's, I was down I was there a few months ago and it's become like the new, it's become, I think one of the big, probably in the top yeah. five comedy cities. How many, I think uh, those Grolix guys even just, I'm sorry, even those, those Grolix guys just sold a TV show being based out of Denver, which is, you know, it's breaking the New York, L.A. rules. I think, yeah, Denver's, Denver, Atlanta, maybe Austin, there's a couple of big ones outside of New York and L.A. now. It's pretty cool. Be prepared to hear lots of people talking about edibles and pot, because they're very, they're very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, when I was there in... Yeah, when I was there, they had already legalized it. So I, I just, I was excited just for the novelty of it to be able. Not that you can't find weed in New York if you're not looking for it, but I was excited to 
walk into a dispensary and buy a brownie or a gummy bear. I, I'm not I'm not super super into it, but I, I like it. Are you a weed guy at all? Not at all. No, it? no, I'm not. But um, they seem to be in Denver, just based on the yeah, fact that it's the only good. thing they talk about. Just the, that's what I'm basing that on. Do you? Yeah. Um, so are you moving to LA for like this? The same reason everyone else does, and like the whole pilot season thing, or? Uh, I've gone for pilot season the last couple of years, and um, I actually think I'm going because uh, pilot season, it seems to me that I-, I was late to the game for pilot season. The last couple of years I went, everyone just keeps telling me that pilot season is dead, uh, like the way TV works now versus how it used to. You know, it used to be a pilot season. You come out for basically January through March or Jan- or February through April, and this is when they cast all the comedy shows. And now, just because of the way people make web series, which turn into TV pilots, which turn into TV shows, there's no set season anymore. It's just ongoing throughout the year. So being out there for a concentrated few months seems like a a dated way of doing that. So I've been going out three, four, five times a year for the last few years, and I I figure I'm uh, I'm spending so much time out there, I might as well just make the full-time move. I'm also just ready to shake it up anyway you're bored with new york. new york yeah it's crazy to say i'm bored with new york i don't know if i'd say i'm bored but um uh i know when i moved to new york i moved here to to learn how to do comedy and uh i didn't expect to live here forever i'm not a big city guy so nine years in new york was uh I feel like I've experienced living in New York as much as I want to for for right now. You're moving to the small town of Los Angeles, then? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I realize it's not it's not a small town, but it's got it's got a few more suburb qualities than New York does, I guess, if you're looking for them. Yeah, it does. I I I just had to go for that. Yeah, you did. No, I realize. I I saw that opportunity. I pounced. (laughs) You went for it. You started, did you start in Atlanta? Yeah, like very, very briefly. I went to school in Athens, Georgia, and oh. then decided, uh, yeah. I just I did the 40 Watt Club the other, a few oh, weeks Oh, man, it's the best. Yeah. It's where I saw my, uh, 40 Watt's where I saw my first ever live comedy show in, uh, let's see, I would have been, it would have been 2002 at the 40 watt, I saw uh, Mitch Hedberg when I was uh, in yeah 2002. It's the first ever live comedy show. I was 19 years old. I ever saw a lot, and it was obviously it was incredible. Someone actually recently sent me. I posted a thing about how it was my first show, and someone on Facebook had a bootlegged copy of that specific show, which I listened to, and it's uh, all these Hedberg jokes I had, I had never even. Uh, I probably I obviously heard that night, but I've never heard on an album. Never heard on a. YouTube video is very exciting to get that actually. Yeah, that's a fun. But, it's a fun city. But yeah, forty so, forty watt. I yeah. went back and did. You know, I moved to New York for, and then a couple of years. I after a couple of years, I went back to Athens to do my first ever homecoming show. You know, two years into comedy, obviously not really ready for anything big, but <laughs> but since I was from there, I, I did the forty watt. And uh, it's the only time I've ever thrown up before a show. I was so nervous. I was backstage at the forty watt, just just complete anxiety panic attack throwing up constantly really so 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 nervous to perform because i never when i started comedy in athens i literally did i think july 1st 2006 i did my first ever show which was i I didn't do i didn't know about open mic so i just booked a show at a bar and did like 45 minutes and bombed 
and then did maybe three, four, five open mics in one month. That was, you know, from July 1st and then August 2nd, I had already moved to New York. So I had never really, uh, I never really performed regularly in Georgia. So this was my first time performing along set in front of people that I knew and it made me so nervous. I moved because I didn't want to perform in front of anybody I knew ever. Yeah, I, I try to, to avoid that. Strangers. Yeah, I avoid that I, as much as possible. Cause I, I, yeah, I don't know. But you still, I still hate performing in front of old friends who knew me before comedy. It makes me really uncomfortable. Or I feel you, like they can see right through who I am now versus who I used to be. Like they, they just they can't think of me as a person that does this uh, professionally. I guess. Have you ever had anyone like on the road where like you're just in a city and you don't expect to know anyone, and they're like, "Hey, I went to high school with you." Or something like that. Yeah, that, it literally just happened. Uh, yeah, last week I, I had a random little yeah little show in Connecticut. It was like a private gig in Connecticut for like a almost like the sub community subdivision fundraiser thing. And this kid, uh, kid, this guy, literally exactly my same age, came up <laughs> to me after. He's like, "Do you remember me? I, I went to we we went from kindergarten through sixth grade together." And of course, I remembered him because we had a, a class of a hundred people. So. Um, yeah, and he's like, I've been keeping up with you. He's not on Facebook or anything. I don't even know what that means. He's keeping up with me. Uh, <laughs> he's got yeah, a friend it's crazy who has to run into people like that. Do you? Um, so, how much are you on the road? You're on the road a lot, right? Yeah, I, last last two years I've been on the road. Maybe, you know, twenty twenty five comedy club weekends a year, and then a, a few festivals and and, and colleges thrown in there too. So, um, not like road dogging it, but definitely making the bulk of rent money um, being on the road. That's kind of road dogging uh, it for a New York comic, I think, doing 25 weekends. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, you know, I when I think road dog, I think of those guys that just get in their cars and they're just one-nighter after one-nighter after one-nighter, and they're they're sleeping in shitty motels that they're booking themselves and things like that. I, I, I It's hard to feel like a road dog when you're doing a really nice club where they put you up in like a, you know, a Hilton or something. I feel like it's... It's just very. I I don't feel like I'm roughing it at all doing anything like that. You're like a road poodle, like a yeah. fancy dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, road a road best in show kind of dog. There was a clip no. that I couldn't watch of you because uh, <laughs> I knew it would make me mad. But where some you, someone was arrested. I mean, I, it sounds great, but I know that I'd get mad just watching the interruption. What would you get mad at? I'll explain the video. But what? what Oh, you think you would get mad at the Well, I know that the cops told you the way I handled it. No, 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 no. I would get mad that it's like that you got heckled and then that the cops told you to shut up. That's all I know about. Yeah. Yeah. It was we I mean, I I I have two like viral heckler videos that have been posted and both of them are not videos where you're like check out this comedian destroying a heckler. They're both like these are just crazy things that happened on stage. I don't even think I handled them particularly well, but they're interesting enough that I thought I should post online. And one of them is that police officer one, because I was just doing a set. It was like a midnight show at UCB. It was like half full. And then, yeah, four police officers just came in with flashlights, and they were being very loud, and they arrested some audience member. And I, at the time, I didn't know why. At the UCB, thought, huh? Yeah, at UCB. They thought, apparently, I found out later from the, the guy working in the ticket booth that they thought that the guy, some guy had come in 
and said to these audience members in there, these guys that came in there robbed me. Um, it was a little guy for whatever that's worth. I don't know if that adds anything funny, but, uh, uh, but no. So four, yeah, four police officers with, um, flashlights were just in the crowd and they, they were being loud and yelling for a guy to, to, you know, stand up, put his hands up, whatever. And, um, I mean, this is a little white privilege shitty on my part, but I, I didn't know how to handle it on stage. So I just said, come on, you guys couldn't have waited till after my set. And, uh, uh, the one police officer just yelled at me to shut the fuck up and the room got really weird. And, um, you know, for about three or four minutes, uh, for about a minute, I went back and forth with the cop and kept telling me to shut up. And then they let, they dragged the guy out and left. And then for maybe a few minutes, I basically just finished my set by, uh, talking about how weird that felt and how I, uh, you can't yell back at a police officer. You know, if it's a regular heckler, you can yell whatever you want at the person. But I was afraid if I yelled at a police officer, right. K cased or then you did one thing to get arrested. I, I literally thought I could get tased, but I was the camera. I was trying to, I was, uh, I was taping a set to submit for a late night spot. So I happened to have a camera rolling that <laughs> night. I, I, I looked into the camera and I started waving, you know, hi Conan, but I, I didn't even end up submitting the tape. I posted it online. That'd be article. funny if they wanted to book you based on that set. And, uh, <laughs> we got to go find these cops. They were really good. Can we just, they were, they, yeah, the cops got booked and I didn't, I really, I probably would have been very crushed. That's uh, um, yeah. I think in that situation, almost anything you say, people are going to be on your side, especially after they leave. Especially with police, the state of police in America today. Uh, yeah, everybody, everybody was like, "God damn it, the police are just being crazy." Uh, it, it, it was clearly them just being overly aggressive, and uh, so yeah, the audience uh, was definitely on my side, which was nice. And you know, as much as you hate YouTube comments. Uh, one of the greatest YouTube comments I ever had was somebody commented, uh, uh, he goes, you should have said, you mean I have the right to shut, you mean I have the right to shut the fuck up. And I thought that was a pretty, oh, that is funny. pretty good comment. That's yeah. pretty funny, especially because I, I did look at some of the YouTube comments and there were people who seemed to, what's well, going to happen, but it's like they judged your set based on right. how you performed Most, when someone was arrested yeah. in the theater. Yeah. Most YouTube comments on audience interaction videos basically say you're a pussy jim jeffries would have handled this better than you that's mostly what youtube comments are on audience interaction videos i've found <laughs> it's mostly just people there's a lot of jim jeffries heckler video fans out there that i think seek out heckler videos i like that there's a jim like well how would you have handled it the guy who's yeah, yeah. jim jeffries spokesperson yeah yeah uh, but I, yeah, I don't, me and Jim Jeffries have very different stage personas, uh, probably real life personas as well. That's possible. Uh, I don't yeah. know him. That and then way. I don't know him. I, uh, I went on a tour that had the same tour manager as him and I've heard he's a, he's a very nice guy. Yeah. He's nice. Every time I've met him, right. but I he would have handled him. that much better than you did. No, I'm joking. He probably would have. He probably <laughs> would have handled it better. Those cops would have ended Definitely. up apologizing. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been great if I could have got the cops to apologize to me. That's the ultimate police heckler. If I ever have the opportunity, if I ever get heckled by a police officer again. That's a weird video because it went, you know, I posted it online and then Gawker posted it. And it went, it went, that one went semi-viral. But uh, news media outlets had reached out to me to, like, go on their shows and talk about the the 
you know, political climate of police in America and things like that. I I decided not to do a single one of those. I didn't want to do that. I think you're smart because it's just uh, you don't want to like your whole career defined as some kind of no. And and they would all tell me. Yeah, they, they would they would say this will be great exposure for you. People will come out and see you because of this. And I was like, that's not the uh, those aren't the type of people you want coming to your shows. I love that someone from a news station is giving you advice on hey, being on the news is great exposure. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's, should I murder was, someone? Uh, maybe it, that would get me on the news. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great exposure if I become a serial killer and and uh, more. I guess I get a lot of Twitter followers. And also someone um, going to see you because they're waiting for another person to get arrested at one of your shows, is they're going to be disappointed. Right. Oh, and people who are fans of your heckler videos, yeah. if they come to your, I mean, they're just going to, they're just going to scream things at you, hoping that. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, it was it, Inside Edition was the big one that was really trying <laughs> to convince me. They even said, um, uh, I was like, I'll think about it. I'm not sure. And they go, well, I'll tell you what, we'll send a car at 9 a.m. They'll be waiting for you. You can get in it or you don't have to get in it. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, we're sending a car. You can decide tomorrow morning. Uh, oh, that's I, I didn't pushy. Wake up. That would have really, that would have really put yeah. me off. Yeah, it was weird. Um, I did not wake up early enough the next morning to see if there was a car waiting outside and I didn't get another phone call. So I don't know if they actually sent it or not. But You should have uh, said, hey, can I get a car for tonight? Because I don't want to, I have to go to the Upper West Side. It's kind of far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'll think about uh, the tomorrow's great. car that you're going to send. That's I'll cr- see how the car goes. Yeah, I'll see, I'll see how I like the car. That's if it's a, a good car, maybe yeah. we'll take a trip to Inside Edition. That's such a weird, pushy thing. We're sending a car regardless. Okay. Well, waste yeah. the guy's time who's driving the car, and uh, I won't be getting in the car. Well, you know they got that inside a bu- they got that inside edition car budget money. <laughs> yes, if they don't spend it. If they don't spend it, it's wasted. You told me someone died in your audience once. Yes, because you Weirdly, just told me that, but you didn't tell. I didn't hear the whole story. Yeah. Okay. So this was. Um, and I do, I kind of tell the story on stage. Oh, you do? Oh, then let's, we don't need to do that then. Okay, well, I, I would have told you, but I don't want to tell you in a way that I do it as a bit. But no, I, the, the short version is, and it is a bit, but um, uh, no, I, yeah, I had a, I had an audience member basically had a heart attack and they dragged him out during the show and I found out later he went to the hospital and, 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 and died. And um, uh, it was the day, this was, this was in Atlanta, it was the day before Easter last year. And so it was a very tense room because he had a heart attack and they dragged him out and the show had just started. And I was trying to deal with it in the moment. So I just told the crowd, I was like, don't worry, guys, tomorrow's Easter. Maybe he'll come back like Jesus did, right? <laughs> I think of trying to deal with it very quickly. And it was, I thought it was like a, a pretty good in the moment. Come yeah. on, it's, it's uncomfortable. Let's release the tension. But it was just dead silent for like a, a long time. And a dude in the front row just yelled, welcome to the South. And it's probably the most scared I've ever been on stage <laughs> in my whole life. And that's one minute. That was one minute into a, you know, a 45 minute. Welcome to set. the South where we have heart attacks at your show. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess he was welcome talking about the, the religious, uh, don't make religious jokes. I think he was talking about the religious part, but it definitely could have been about the, uh, the, the Southern butter-soaked food as well. Oh, that's, that's, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. I had, someone, I had someone pass out at one of my shows, and uh, I just kind of— How did you handle it? I kind of just waited it out. I kind of just saw what was happening, and I this was in Seattle, and I kind of was just like, is everything all right? And I kind of just really didn't do anything until I think the person was all right, and they got up, and they walked them out. But then someone like yeah. wrote me a letter like, 
That was so beautiful the way he went. Like, what am I going to start ripping into the guy? There's a guy who might yeah. be having a seizure in front of me. Let me, fucking, let me zing him a little. But, yeah. yeah. I guess it's always that line you have to, you have to, you have to acknowledge it, but you don't, yeah, you don't want to say, you don't want to be mean spirited. Right. I had a guy uh, sleeping in the floor. This is just like a little nothing bar show in Bushwick in Brooklyn. And, uh, this guy was sleeping in the front row. And so I started going after him, like being kind of mean because you're sleeping in the front yeah. row. That's an okay, that's an okay way. And then his friend just kept making the little sign on it, you know, the cut it out on his neck sign. like. Cut uh-huh. it. And I was like, fuck that. He's sleeping. Like, fuck that guy for sleeping. And then eventually got to the point where he goes, he's narcoleptic. And I was like, that's, fuck that. It's not, and, and, like everyone's like, ooh, you know, like he has a medical condition. He falls asleep. Right. And it's like, well, how, first of all, how was I supposed to know that? Second of all, uh, I do sympathize that that's the thing, but don't put him in the front row of a comedy show. That's not fair. Right. It's like he's allowed to come to the show, but knowing in advance that he might fall asleep nonstop, uh, yeah. you can sit in the back. Yeah. I have people it's sleeping not, all the time in my shows. I mean, not all the time, but it definitely happens. And uh, I, part of me wants to wake them, but then part of me was like, well, they're not going to be talking at least if they're sleeping yeah. unless they talk in their sleep but it is always well, amusing I, to see someone like yeah. 10 minutes into your set asleep yeah and 10 minutes into your set if it's a good club and a good show it's never it's i mean almost never is that going to be your fault for me I, i've had people sleep in the crowd too and um it tends to be like at a comedy club the late show on friday where they just yeah. already they drank too much and they passed out. What I've started doing though is, um, if I really see somebody sleeping, is I'll get them to turn up the house lights and I'll take a photo from on stage uh-huh. and I'll Instagram it. And <laughs> I'll, like I'll just like Instagram it or tweet it, and their friends like love it. And uh, I just did one in Tampa, and uh, their friends were laughing, and like some drunk girl at the table next to them got up and started, you know, giving them like giving a sleeping guy a lap dance and stuff. And you know, when you're trying to work out your material for a album or a special or something it's not fun but i i think for a long set at a comedy club where uh i mean for for you they might be coming specifically for you for me uh i'm just the headliner for the weekend who they've never heard of so they're just coming for comedy in general if i can entertain them like that i think it's kind of fun well there's uh, nothing wrong with uh, yeah reacting to something that's happening in the room i mean that's yeah i think yeah. that's for a live show that's acceptable but i often will wake <laughs> them up at the same time at some point i do like to wake <laughs> them up and then they sometimes they'll wake up and they'll be they they will be laughing because they're embarrassed and then they'll enjoy yeah. the show it's like hey you grab the little you got a little cat nap in yeah there's still time to see some more yeah, it's probably an immediate adrenaline rush for them, too. They just got jolted out of sleep. Everybody's looking at them. They're part of the show. That's a little, uh, that's like waking up and taking a a five-hour energy, I, I guess. I've never taken a five-hour energy. No, neither have I. I've I'm got... not into the energy drinks. Are you a coffee guy? No coffee. I do, uh, I'll do, I, I do, I drink tea pretty regularly and occasionally i guess like a caffeinated tea but mostly mostly herbal i'm not a bit yeah mostly oh not, not caffeinated teas that's crazy are you like you a coffee guy yeah I, I i had a yeah i have like one or one and a half a day but i love coffee shops oh my god oh me too i love coffee shops too but you can get <laughs> you can get just as crazy with uh 
teas as you can with coffee, I think. <laughs> Yeah, we can. Crazy, crazy is maybe not the right word. We can get we can get equally boring with tea as we can if we talk about coffee. Yeah. What do you do on the road? Like, do you uh, do you stay in your hotel room, or do you walk around? What do you? What's your? uh... I do a lot of walking around. Um, uh, I like. I'm still going to a lot of cities for the first time, and uh, so I like. This is. I don't know if a lot of comedians do this, but I love if a town has a local like a like an aquarium or a zoo i like those a lot even like the shittier the zoo the better i like yeah. like a really shitty zoo i like to see how shitty like a, a zoo can be um, <laughs> let's see how abused but, uh, these animals these animals can be no i yeah i well I, ideally it's the shittiest zoo but they still treat the animals well i don't want to see some animals right, being treated sh- shitty for the record <laughs> he's not in favor of animal abuse Right. As I am right. either. Um, but I think it would be, I went to like the Atlanta Zoo and they had like a polar bear and they have like an exhibit for the polar bear and it's uh, they have like the pool and stuff. And from far away, it looks like, you know, there's ice everywhere. But then you get closer to it and you realize it's just a concrete pool, but they just painted it white. And that, that like stuff like that bums me out a lot. I don't like that. Do you feel weird going to the zoo by yourself? Because I, I did that in Melbourne, Australia. Mm-hmm. I was working with Sarah Silverman there, and I wanted to go to the zoo. Mm-hmm. And I just I felt like you can't go to Australia without seeing animals. And no one would. No, no definitely one not. could go or would go. Or, um, or there was some scheduling thing. So I said, I'm going to go by myself. And then you're just like, oh, I'm this dude in, in his late 40s at the time. Uh, walking yeah, around a zoo weird. by himself. And you just see all these kids. And you're like, oh, this is really kind of a place for kids. That's the problem is that if you're a lonesome dude by yourself in a place with a lot of kids. Yeah. You, you, that's the weird part. Clearly you're there for the animals. I'm there to see a little koala cutie. Yeah. Oh yeah. I saw you have a picture. You have a great picture with a koala. That, that was taken with a, uh, one of those disposable, that was pre digital camera. I think that was perfect picture. Yeah. It's cause the, it almost looks, yeah, it is one of the most delight. Have you worked in Australia? No. Um, I had it. I got kind of invited to go to the Melbourne Comedy Festival, but one of the deals where you just pay for everything yourself, and I decided to not. I decided that hopefully in the next couple of years I will be invited in a way that at least my flight is paid for because that's a very expensive trip. Um, yeah, you should get. They sh- you shouldn't be like spending four thousand dollars to. Uh... Yeah. No, I was like invited as like a little roundabout way to do some side shows there. So I, I but no, I haven't, so I haven't done it, but I would like, I would love to go to, yeah, get that's the, the best thing about, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I get a, I, maybe I'll, I can ask you off podcast uh, things, how to, how to, I don't know how to, some of these things I have no idea how to submit for some of these things you just submit for other times you get a random email or a phone call out of nowhere. I, I don't know how I've ended up on most of the festivals I've, I've been on. What, what are the ones you've used on Montreal? I did Montreal a few times. I've done uh, a Bridgetown a few times. Um, I mean, I've done. A, I, I did a. When I first started doing comedy, I was doing all of the festivals that you pay to submit for, uh-huh. and uh, and then you know you have to fly yourself there. And a lot of them were contests. That's how I ended up with my first managers and things, though, through a lot of those contests. Really? Festivals. So they're but, not uh, they're not scams. I always anytime in show business where someone asks you to pay to do something, it always always I'll seems tell like you a red flag. That, the one that I did years, uh, maybe like 2009 or 2000, 2010, I did that 
one of the first years I did that Laughing Skull Festival in uh-huh. Atlanta, I went and my I, that's the the judges for that for the round that I did were the the Booker for the Montreal Festival, um, Ann and Joanne, the stand-up bookers from oh, Comedy wow. Central, and uh, my man, my the guy who's still my manager today from Three Arts. They were the three judges for that competition. So I ended up, and then in the long run, you know, maybe within the next couple of years. He was my manager. I did Mont- I got Montreal, and I started doing stand-up on Comedy Central, and that was one of the first places that any of them had seen me. So yeah, those are all uh, judges that could legit. actually help you out, yeah. Right. I, I think that's what's important. When like a new comedian is submitting for a festival and they really want to get in front of industry, most of the festivals will have a list of the industry who's there. So Yeah, look them says, up. Yeah. If it says, say, some booker from some Midwest club that, you're not really interested in doing for $400 for a week's worth of shows, then don't do that. But if it says legitimate people from TV networks and management companies, maybe it's worth getting in front of those people. So I think, you know, that one, I did a lot of them that did not pay off, but that one I guess paid off pretty well. Yeah, that was, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just did a moon tower. That's a fun one. Did I see you there? Uh, I don't know. I think I, I might have seen you there. I was we in a separate have, VIP so room. No, joke. Mm, yeah, I was in the VIP room. <laughs> I got a, holy shit, I got, so, you know, I, I had, on the last night, I only had one show, so I figured, uh, I had one early show, so I figured I would go see uh, Bridget Everett. You know Bridget Everett? Yeah, yeah. So I'd seen her, um, I'd only seen her one time. I saw her open for Pat Oswalt at Carnegie Hall, and she did like two songs. And I thought she was incredible. And I was like, I'm going to go see her full show, her full late night show. And so I did the thing that all comedians do. And I sat in the very, very back. And um, at one point I was just, uh, and her show was incredible. I was just texting my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm at this Bridget Everett show. It's insane. And while I was texting, all of a sudden, just a freight train out of nowhere, my phone went flying. I almost went flying. And she is like as close to naked as you could possibly be just standing on my chair and sitting on my head and uh and she sat on my face bridget everett's like naked sitting on my face and she was in the microphone she's like this is what you get for texting are you ever going to text again and she put the microphone in my face and i was like never again and the audience is losing their mind no one there knows i'm a comedian bridget ever doesn't know i'm a comedian i got i got uh, so busted for uh what were you texting why were you texting at a show my god well that's i was right no texting at a show i totally understand that but i was as far back in the room, right, you as thought far away from stage as possible. You weren't like you someone at the front table doing it. No, I can't. I but you know what? I, I, yeah, I can't um, defend my actions. I was texting during a comedy show. I absolutely should not have been doing that. But uh, it's all I was looking for. Any audience member I've ever seen. I got. I mean, that's the way to deal with a person texting in the audience. That's the way I deal with it. If someone texts, I just, <laughs> take off your pants and sit, I on, sit the on their face. audience member's face. The um, Ooh, oh. And, uh, yeah, I got a few pictures of that, too. People, definitely, it was documented. <laughs> that light on your phone was basically saying, here's your volunteer for tonight. Yeah, yeah. Looking for the sit-on-the-face oh, guy. Here we are. When you're willing to react that big to it, too, it's almost like you want... I, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm getting into... I'm getting into disruptive audience member mentality. Like uh, <laughs> I'm I helped like, her out. That, that, yeah, I helped her. Oh, I just the worst after a show... A drunk person saying, "Yeah, uh, I helped. I hate that." Or, or I got this recently, and this I've even you know I used to do a bit about this, but the um, 
someone thinking something something that happens in the audience people assume it was a plant yeah there was oh, a woman at uh, at caroline's the other night and she i asked her what neighborhood she lived in she said like upper east side i go well that's a great neighborhood if you're if you want to hang out with podiatrists and yeah. she goes i am a podiatrist and there was like you know, there was an explosive moment, but people couldn't believe. Yeah, it's like, well, it is. A, it's a fun coincidence, but it's still a coincidence. I didn't like fly this woman in or say, hey, "You're going <laughs> to sit in this. You're going to sit at Caroline's up front, and I'm going to say podiatrist." But you have to watch the whole show, and, you're, and I'm going to pay you for this also, to, just for this one. Right. But we travel around the country together. Yeah, it's just like hey, I'm, a, I'm a fucking certified genius. That's why that magic happened, not because I hired plants. Oh, they're the best moments, though. They're the best moments. They're the, that's what, that, they're the best moments. So when someone calls you out after saying plant, it, it's like, just give it, don't take this away. This was, it was a mo don't take it away. Don't cheapen it for yourself. Just enjoy the fact that that just happened. It's yeah, it's just fun. like, I mean, that, that, the person who said it, a couple of people said it, but one person was after the show and another, like someone emailed me about it because they were telling the story to someone and they were like, oh, that's unsettled. It's just such a, dumb cynical kind of uh as if do you get it just, a lot of what's that cynical do you get a lot of cynical emails after shows uh do people do people email you after shows a lot not not a lot i uh which is not you know i'm fine with that but you know you get you get a variety of things when you're on facebook yeah. and have twitter and all that do you get help do you get hate some some. You responded to, uh, I noticed you responded to some of your hateful YouTube comments. Oh, very rarely. What I do on YouTube, usually what I do is on YouTube is um, like the, the, the meanest ones. Uh, see, okay, so all the videos are, if I know a video is going to get big, I'll monetize it. You know, you'll just click to add the ads uh -huh. and then you'll get, if, if your video gets a ton of views, you'll get a little bit of money dumped into your bank account, which is nice. And so, uh, and, you know, they can see that there's ads on the video. So if there's a really mean comment and then it turns into like a thread where they're all commenting and fighting and yeah. calling me names and stuff, after a while, I'll just go, uh, thanks for your view. And then like dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, stuff like that. Like I just comment basically. But I don't think you no don't get paid by the view, do you? Don't you get paid if they click on the ad, right? Yeah, I think, I think it's the amount of people that click on the ads. But it ends up being about, you know, I, I would guess... It's it's around a thousand dollars for every million views, or you know, hundred bucks for every hundred thousand views is what it averages oh, really? out to. It's, it's, and most of them, I'm very you know, most of them are just enough. It's basically the numbers are so high of people watching the video that somebody will accidentally click the ad. That's all you're getting paid for. No one's no one's watching your heckler stand-up video going like, oh yeah, let's, I got to check out the Verizon prices. I got to right get now. a Ford Fiesta. That yeah. reminds me, I can get a Ford Fiesta. I'm going to check out the MPGs on this Ford Fiesta halfway through this, half, literally halfway through the stand-up set that I'm enjoying. Now, I was asking, I asked you some stuff, if there's anything you want to talk about, and you said cigars. And Are, are you a cigar guy? <laughs> I was yeah, shocked. Said, what you me. No, no, and I have a, there's a few things that no one would think that I'm into. But no, you said, what do you want to talk about? And I, I like to give people options. No. Outside of comedy, in case yeah, you want no, to talk about I, things I love, outside of comedy. I do like talking um, outside comedy. This ends up being comedy-related, kind of. Like, in the last couple of years, I've been uh, I've been not 
I'm not, I've had a girlfriend the whole time I've been on the road the last two years. So in order to behave myself, I'll, I'll hang out and have a drink and then I'll go back to my hotel at the end of the night. And so I got like the, the shows that I binge on and, um, you know, like I went all the way through the wire. I went all the way through the X-Files, all these shows, but I went through, uh, I went through Sopranos season one, all the way through. And, uh, I got like, you know, Tony Soprano smoking these cigars and stuff. And I thought it just looked cool. <laughs> and uh, so I started, I started doing some research on cigars and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I started smoking cigars in the last couple of years and I got kind of, I got kind of into it. I bought like a little humidor, just like a little home oh desktop, like 50 cigar humidor. And now when I go on the road, um, you know, I, I've never like collected things from the road, but, uh, if I go to like a city that has like a cool, like I was in Boston and they had like a tobacco shop that had been open for like 120 years. And, you know, they have like their house blend of tobacco of cigars that they, they get. And, uh, I, like I kind of, I'll, I'll pick up like two of the same cigar in every city. And then, uh, yeah, if you got like an afternoon off or have a night off, like me and a buddy will will just hang out and and smoke a cigar. So I, yeah, I kind of got into that. I like have that. you been to a cigar bar before? That seems like the worst place on earth, next to a hookah bar. Oh, I hookah love bar. a cigar. Really? Oh, no, no, I don't like a hookah bar, but a cigar bar I like. We just did that show, uh, the hot soup show, the other night at Irish Exit and Fifty Second Street, like right around there on uh, I think Second Avenue and. Maybe 53rd, there's a little cigar bar called the Cigar Inn. And you go in there, and it's like big leather couches. They have uh, – you can you can bring your own booze in there. They have a big uh, humid, a big giant walk-in humidor. And you and a couple buddies can go in there. You know, we buy a cigar for like 12 bucks, and you basically got an hour and a half to sit there and just hang out. And I don't know. A cigar is a cool thing. I don't want to do it too often. I'm Mouth cancer, be- man. Well, if I smoke it, I'm at a point where I smoke like maybe one or two cigars a month. Oh, okay. If if I start getting to a, I don't want to be in my 30s smoking a cigar a day. Then then I'll probably run into trouble. But. Wait, you're not even in your 30s? No, I don't want to be. I don't okay. want to be. I am. I'm 32. I don't want to be in my 30s uh, smoking cigars every day already. If you were 32, uh... too young to be smoking a, a cigar in the morning and a cigar at night. I think. Yeah. Um, I was at a wedding recently, and a friend of mine, I won't mention his name, but he lit up a cigar. And it was like an outdoor wedding, and you could smell that cigar like 100 yards away. It was just... Uh, I I like the smell. Do you not like the smell? I, I guess I don't. I no. guess I don't. Yeah, I, uh, How do you get away with it in a hotel room? Well, I don't smoke a cigar in the hotel. No? No, but like... Uh, like I'll go to a, I'll go to a cigar bar if I have like a cool opener or a feature or meet a local <laughs> comedian I'll go to a cigar bar in a city with a like with a with someone or um I'm trying to think of, oh I was just at like that comedy club in Tampa that I did Tampa is like the cigar capital of the United States right um you know Ebor City is is where the Tampa Improv is and they I mean they have like a little mini, like little cigar factories along that whole strip with uh, people, you know, workers just sitting in the window smoking cigars and stuff. I was reading about those, those like pressed Cuban sandwiches were invented back in like the big cigar heyday because they were cigar factory workers, cheap, quick meals and stuff. So that's so cool. Oh, that's what I do in cities a lot too. I, I'll find local tobacco places. I'll look for zoos and aquariums. And um, uh, I, I really like to find the, the best, 
you know, not crazy expensive, but kind of best local food stuff. I like. Yeah, I do the same thing. But getting back to zoos, have you worked in Wilmington, North Carolina? Wilmington, North Carolina. There's a club there. No. If you go, there's. I was just telling Nate Bargazzi. Anytime I see anyone announce that they're working Wilmington, I say you got to go to the Serpentarium. There's a Serpentarium there. If what you, club? I did Raleigh, North Carolina. No, this is, is like the uh, what's, what's Dead Crow Comedy Club. I think yeah, Dead Crow. It's a pretty good place. No, it's a good place. Cool. But you go to the Serpentarium. Oh my God. But let's what go kind back. What food is that? Serpentarium. <laughs> no, it's a. Wait, I can't. I, you get oh you, no the Serpentarium is a snake museum. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Can you eat a snake like in the cafeteria? No, yeah, they, they show you what these they show you. This one's endangered, and then you go buy one to grill up. <laughs> but no, they have these gigantic like like ten inch thick, four, you know, hundred yard snakes. Not a hundred yards, but giant snakes <laughs> that are viciously yeah. poisonous. But they're they're beautiful as well. But I would I would like to see them behind a uh, a safe amount of glass. But yeah, they're they, behind glass. They oh, spiders. Unless they're feeding them, then like they them. take them out. But uh, where do, where Ooh, do you? I don't know. You gotta like see them get fed like a live. No, I don't think so. I, I don't remember that. But I used to have a snake. But we don't have to talk about snakes anymore. Let's talk about food. I'm talking about snakes too. Have you? Well, hold before we go to food. Have you been to the Bronx? Remember, like a few years ago, when a cobra got loose. At the Bronx Zoo, um, uh, vaguely. That's not the Bronx Zoo. A cobra, like a cobra, just escaped from its cage. That yeah. was all, and everyone was freaking out. And I don't think it bit anybody. And I think they got it. But uh, I went to the Bronx Zoo maybe a year ago and went into the little snake part. And um, there's there's uh, a big glass, uh, big glass case, and it has a label. It goes, "This is the cobra that escaped in 2011 or whatever." But then inside the glass case, there's a there's another like little mini cage that you would just buy at a pet store, and the cobra's in that. He's like inside a little cage inside the bigger enclosure. It's really it's really. You mean they're like shaming him? <laughs> yeah, they're like he escaped, so now he's inside a little cage inside a bigger cage. Oh my god! Yeah, they're snake shaming. I'm I'm very I'm against <laughs> snake shaming. Actually, like, I've blogged about that. Before. I'm sorry, I'm a snake who acted like a snake. <laughs> yeah, like some. <laughs> Didn't play ball. Yeah. Work. So, do you find good food everywhere? Like, sometimes you can get surprisingly good food. Like, you know, I had great Thai food in South Carolina, but we just kind of. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. South Carolina in a Charleston. I've done that Charleston comedy festival. They had like really great uh, seafood places, which was cool. Yeah, Charleston's got good food, and 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 pretty good audiences also. Yeah, I had a really yeah really good time in Charleston. Some of the I I don't know but I try to eat really healthy on the road, but so it's like the local the, whatever the good local food is 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 never a healthy thing, which has been a problem. It's always been like you know it's like you go to Philly, it's like a Philly cheesesteak. It's never like a right. It's, not, it's never it's never like a. They have the kale. best salad there with lemon juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just lemon juice, juice and olive oil, and it's really healthy, and it's a superfood. And yeah, no, it's never that. But um, uh, I usually I try to eat healthy for the most part, but then yeah, totally binge on whatever crazy barbecue or burrito they have. I always I love eating after the show. That's my favorite thing. Eating after the show? Oh yeah, I can't I can't do a big meal before a show. Where do you? Let's do some plugs here as we wind down. 
Uh, I know. I just abruptly said we're winding down. No, let's wind down if we, if we got to wind down. How long do you think a podcast should be? Do you have a podcast? I had a podcast for about a little over two years. And we got canceled. So we, all right, this is not a braggy thing. Very few people, very few people get paid for a podcast. Uh-huh. I never wanted, I never wanted to have a podcast, but a couple of years ago, um, this little internet, uh, radio station, they do like some storytelling shows. They record some live shows are called breakthrough radio. I did, um, I did a storytelling show, show, I did like a live storytelling show uh-huh. that they do as a podcast and something was wrong with the recording. So I like just come into the studio and do it. And so I came into the studio to do it and they were like, we think you're funny. We'd love for you to do a podcast on our network. And I was like, I don't really want to do a podcast. And they're like, listen, we pay like a couple hundred bucks an episode and you can, it can, we'd love to have you. You can do about whatever you want. And just in the room joking, I go, anything I want can it be about butts. And they were like, if you want to do a podcast about butts, <laughs> you can do a podcast about butts. And I was like, can I do it with my friend, Nate, my friend, Nate Fernald. I don't know if you've ever talked to him. Oh, he was just on Louie. Actually. He, uh, he loves butts. He, he played, um, he was in the episode of Louie this season. That is the bad comedian that asks for advice and he tells him to do a funny voice. And then he's on Fallon by the end of it. Have you seen that episode? I didn't see that episode yet. Oh, uh, Nate Fernald. He's amazing in that episode. And he's a really funny guy. And, uh, but basically, I used to have this really long. This is going to make me look great. I had a great, I had a really long diarrhea joke, and Nate does a lot of <laughs> diarrhea material. Yes. And we thought it would be so. We we were like, we both have a lot of poop material. It would be funny to have a let's do a podcast about butt together called, and we called it Butt Talk, and we did it for about two years on Breakthrough Radio, and then maybe a few months ago, we got a really funny email that we thought was funny. Uh, this is a very long email uh just saying that they've reviewed their their podcast roster and decided that this didn't really fit the voice of where they were going in the future and we were like it's you can just say you don't want to have a butt podcast on your network anymore it's i would totally have said uh, we reviewed our roster and we'd like to renew you but <laughs> but <laughs> and uh, it was all but and then i would just i would have you assume <laughs> that you got that's wow you got spoiled getting like a paid podcasting job yeah. So no, how long we did you pull that off? The... What's that? How long did you pull that off, the Butt Podcast? Butt Talk lasted about two years. It was called Butt Pod? Um, it's called Butt Talk. Oh, Butt Talk. Okay. Butt Talk. Yeah, it's a, but it's, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a pun on buttock. Uh-huh. Um, okay. It was all puns. It was all Butt Talk, the world's number one, number two podcast, talking <laughs> out our asses about our asses, talking about our buttocks on Butt Talk. It was a whole whole thing we had there, and... um. <laughs> Yeah, we had a lot of the same guests I've seen you've had on this podcast. We had some, you know, we had, we had every, we would talk anything from poop your pants stories to, you know, preferences you like in a butt or, you know, we have, we'd have like Kevin Allison on who really enjoys putting things in his butt. And so that was a really interesting episode. And uh, yeah, just all things, all things butt related. It was was fun. Well, if I had a network, I would, I would, you would be coming back. Oh, that'd be great. It would be great to get it. Yeah, yeah turn to, to butt talk. What uh, make a comeback? What road dates do you have coming up? Because this will be um, out soon. Well, okay, cool. Well, um, I'm literally driving cross country next week, and so from the June 24th to 28th, I'm just doing a a ton of spots in Denver and Boulder, uh-huh. and then in July, 
July, I'm going to the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase in Michigan, which I've never done before. That's and a good then, club. Uh, is it a good club? Okay, yeah. good. I'm worried. The, the Thursday show, they asked me to do a clean show, which always oh, makes really? me nervous. Oh, really? Yeah. But, Why did but they the do rest that? Of the weekend, I wonder if that's weird. I think, I think they do a special on Thursday where they have a, a younger audience. Um, <laughs> but whatever. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I'll do a clean show on Thursday, and then the weekend will get dirty. And then uh, I think July 23rd through 26th, I'm back in Atlanta doing the Laughing Skull again, which is the club that an audience member died at. <laughs> and the club where the other the other viral video I pulled a bag of cocaine out of a heckler's coat. So that club always something weird. Was that, that did you know that there was cocaine in this coat, or did you just kind of randomly go into his pocket? No, there there was a I, you know I, I went last, and there were a couple local guest spots in the host. Like literally, this, this heckler was heckling everybody the whole show, and so I figured when I went out there, I would just go nip it in the bud. And when I went out there, he had already gone to the bathroom, and so I love that I the club of, didn't nip it in the bud. Like, hey, he's been. Tackling the whole show. Well, definitely let him stay. Yeah, interesting you say that because the uh, the club owner, literally the owner of the club who does stand up too, uh, yeah. did one of the guest spots and dealt with him as a heckler. I mean, he kind of dealt with him, but he didn't kick him out or anything. But uh, but yeah. So by um, the time I went out there, I was like, I'm going to get him. But he went to the bathroom, and so I I just thought it'd be funny to put on his coat. My whole plan was I'll put on his coat, and when he comes back, I'll be wearing his coat. That was the extent of yeah. how far ahead I planned, but. I started putting my hands in the pockets and stuff, and uh, I ended up pulling a bag of cocaine out of his out of his coat. Now and, the um, prints are all over that. Yeah, they were. I yeah, I guess he could have. <laughs> I guess I, I don't. But at least in the video, there was video evidence, so that's good. But um, but that video went crazy viral too. I, wanna, I did not I'll handle that one. one well at all. I'll look at that. That one. one I'm more proud of how I handled the NYPD. This one, I did not handle well. I'm just genuinely, you can tell that I'm just genuinely uh, afraid. Because I'm not, I've never, I've never done cocaine in my life. I've been around it very little. The first time you're holding a bag of cocaine, you don't want it to be in front of a room full of people looking at you. It was just, it was a scary moment. It would be great to just fucking dump it. How, that's the part that, after the show, I was shaking. I was like, what if, what if I had spilled it all over the stage? Or, like, what if the guy had come back in, saw me, and had, like, a gun or something? Like, all yeah, sorts yeah. of I mean, horrible things is, could have gone wrong with that. There's stuff to think about in that regard. But I do yeah. like the idea of you flushing it down the toilet, like at the backstage <laughs> toilet, if there's a backstage toilet. And just, like, yeah. bringing the mic back there. Going, hey, what's happening yeah. now? <laughs> that was my flush impression. I don't do noises. So what else do that you have a, after Atlanta? There's a light flush. After Atlanta... Uh, then I think early August, 6th through the 9th, I'm at, or 6th through the 8th, I'm at Comics at Foxwood in Connecticut. Have you done that before? And then, no, I've never done that one before. I've heard, I don't know. I hope it's fun. <laughs> and then in uh, September, we got Hyenas in Dallas. I've never been there before either. Dallas is all right. I've never been yeah, to that club. I'm, yeah, I like going to Texas. Um, I'll go to. I'm excited. Any club that'll have me uh, headline a weekend. I'm. These are all all these clubs except uh, Atlanta are the first time doing these clubs. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it's fun going to a place you've never been. Oh, I love it. Yeah. What uh? What's your website? Is it uh, Adam Newman Comedy? AdamNewmanComedy.com. Yeah. And your Twitter? Twitter is Adam underscore Newman. Oh. Someone got it. You gotta, you gotta find someone. You gotta find an in at Twitter. Although you have a verified account, so maybe, maybe they did what I they know. Did. I guess, uh, it, yeah. I guess there's 
it's there's a lot of people with the same name, but I don't know if it really hurts you. I feel like if somebody searches your name and you got a verified thing, probably probably mine pops up. I think it hurts you a lot. No, I'm joking. I, I got Adam underscore Newman on Instagram. I had to stick the middle initial in there. I got an Adam D Newman. You know, I can't. So some there's some younger Adam Newmans I think that are on top of yeah like what's the, what's hot in social media right now. Day one, or, they were on it. Yeah, they got it first. Well, thanks Very for uh, thanks for doing this and have fun driving to LA. Yeah, thanks for having me on the thanks for having me on the podcast. Cool, great, 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 easy conversation. Was it so easy? I wasn't. Yeah, boring. It was, you know, it was super easy. No, anytime you can talk about you just shooting the shit about comedy and then whatever else happens on the road. This what's easier than that? This is easy. You're right. All right, thanks, Adam. All right, man. See you around. See you. And thanks, everyone listening at home. We'll see you next week. Bye. And I don't hate animals. Bye. He, he likes animals. See you. I like animals. Audio. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.